welcome to Bipolar Black Girl Podcast. My name is Mayor Fortin. I am your host. On this episode, we welcome Birdie. Birdie is a full-time writer who's been diagnosed with bipolar 2, ADHD, and generalized anxiety disorder. Through her journey with bipolar, she was able to track her family history of bipolar disorder, which she will share with us today. Hi, Birdie. How are you? Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, So why don't we start with a little bit of history of your own journey with bipolar and how how it led you to to discover a family history of uh, mental health conditions. Yeah, so I was diagnosed in 2014, Um, so early 20s, and then I kind of kept it a secret from pretty much everyone until uh, just last year in 2022. And after kind of my my aunt had ended up passing away and we had taken her into our house for hospice care. And so when she passed away is when I had my first real mental breakdown and it happened in front of my family. So it kind of had to come out at that point. Um, But when I'm so glad it came out because of that, I started researching it and learning all these things. And then it kind of hit me like, wow, like there's a lot of women in my family that display these same behaviors, do these same things. And as I dug deeper, it actually ended up bringing me and my mom really close together because I was now able to kind of look back and go like, oh, so much makes sense now for my childhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that must have been a really hard um, secret to keep. And then... um also like being able to forgive your mom or or allow her you know that to give her that grace of forgiveness maybe not forgiveness but understanding Um, oh yeah i think that that's beautiful so um how how has your journey um you know helped your mom or your other family members and what what do your relationships look like with them today so it's helped my mom and i a ton so i grew up in uh i've always grown up around addiction addiction is big in my family and my mom has been sober now for you know gosh close to 30 years and or earlier than that mid 20s in the 20s a long time (laughs) and so uh, you know, when I was younger, I used to always think like, oh, it was because of her alcoholism is why she, you know, would get so mad or rage or do all these things. And then I remember thinking like, I'll never do that. I'll never be that type of person. And throughout learning about my bipolar, there were times now that I'm a mom where I went, like, I feel like this rage building up and I'd be like, why? Like, I, I would never do this. And so then I would look back and I'd be like, wow, like, you know, the times I remember my mom getting really mad or or aggressive with me was when she was actually sober. And so then I like started putting it together and like, oh, like those were the types. And then I was able to really like understand her. She's, you know, she's in her 50s, which was still a, a time where you weren't talking about these things. No, we no one, you know, and I know I knew she had postpartum depression with my brother. Uh, these are things that just no one was talking about. Right. And so 
what had happened, the moment that I really was like, I'm going to connect back with my mom was that um, she had my sister who is only two years older than my oldest child. So she had my sister when I was 17. Wow. And I was able to watch her parent. But now I'm an adult watching and I was, I don't know, everything just kind of hit me. And I was like, man, she's just trying. And no one's no one's explained to her what's going on. And so then I started explaining to her things that I was learning and we just connected and it's like, oh, I love her so much. And I and I do forgive her because I'm like, I, I understand what this is what happens when we don't understand our diagnosis. We're just kind of like, you know, free balling it out there. We don't know what's going on. Everything's crazy. And she never understood. Right. And now that I've explained things and we've talked together, like such a difference in her, such a difference for my sister, my brother, like all of us. Right. That's, that's awesome. I, um, how, how do you have any other siblings who, um, you think might be, or they show the, um, symptoms of bipolar? So far, fortunately, I have, um, three siblings total, but two of them that we all share the same mom. Um, the only thing that they have is ADHD that, you know, I'm aware of and they're comfortable even talking about, but yeah, ADHD runs deep in my family. And that, and that's another thing, like when I was diagnosed with that, that really helped me give myself grace and give her grace. Like, okay, my mom's not just always ignoring, like, she is so, you know, 20 thoughts deep in her head that it's like, hey, yo, pay yeah. attention, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I do that too. Like right now, I was just kind of lost in thought. <laughs> yeah. You got like 20 conversations going yeah. on. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, so your, is your sister, your younger sister, is she um, have ADHD? Yeah. Yep. Okay. She's 17. And she has it. And my brother, who's got, I'm so bad with ages. I think he's 30. They kill me right now. Like, come on. No. Yeah. And, and he has it. So, of course, whenever we all get together, it's literally like 15 conversations. But we keep up with every single one of them. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're like bouncing it around. And and people that don't have ADHD, when they're listening to us, you can see them getting overwhelmed, like their body right. language changes. Right. <laughs> um, were, were your siblings diagnosed earlier? Well, what at what age were you diagnosed? And then also, were they able to be diagnosed earlier through your experience? So yeah, they were both diagnosed really young. I wasn't diagnosed until I actually went to started college, mm-h. which happened to be uh, around the same time that I was diagnosed with bipolar. So okay. I was early 20s because I, I went later. But uh, yeah, and then my ADHD diagnosis actually brought on so much anger compared to bipolar. Bipolar to me was kind of like, I don't know, part of it made sense because I dealt with depression and stuff. And so I felt like, okay, this is just a really hard version of that, even though now I know it's different. But ADHD for me, I felt like I was failed as a child in the school systems and stuff because I was just looked at as more of, of, you know, I don't know, cast aside almost like she doesn't pay attention. She's a talker that all bad grades and stuff. And 
went in college when after being diagnosed, I was like a 3.5 student in college with two kids. Wow. So it's like if I would have had someone when I was younger paying attention to that stuff, I feel like it could have changed a lot. I have the same feeling. You know, it's not really that I'm angered. It's more like I'm disappointed, you know, yeah. that, um, that I had to go through all that stuff, you know, that bullshit just to... Um, just to later excel in life. Like I did, I had a teacher tell me, you will never make anything of yourself. And I was oh my like, God. Challenge accepted. <laughs> you know? Yes. I still did really poorly in school. I went back to college as an adult and I really excelled. Like, yeah. From bachelor's to PhD, I dropped out of my PhD, first year of my PhD program, but it just seemed interesting now. Yeah. Yeah. Cause now we kind of know how to manage, you know, to a degree, however much you can, but yeah, my sister, she's, um, she's 17. She's just, she's getting ready to graduate in June, but she's had college letters sent to her. Like, it's amazing seeing the difference of having a, a parent that was really involved because my mom did things totally different with my sister. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, seeing her, it's so, it makes me so like proud to know, like, this is how it works when you have people that are advocating for you, making sure if you do have ADHD, you get the medication or the therapy, whatever you need. Mm -hmm. And now she has such, you know, so many chances and opportunities now. That's dope. And, I, and I'm sure that, you know, I can see how proud you are or hear how proud you are of your mom for, you know, changing her parenting habits and in, in, so that her, you know, child will prosper. And it sounds like your yeah. sister is prospering. Um, oh, yeah. How about um, your own children? Do you um, have any sense of them um, having or have they been diagnosed with any um, bipolar with bipolar disorder or any other mood disorders? So far, not, but we are, we're a very open household, probably too open sometimes. I mean, we talk about it all like they, you know, I'm really open with them about my bipolar and stuff um, because the stigmas behind it. I don't, I, I mean, it starts at teaching them young, like, hey, let's not start, you know, assuming that someone that has bipolar is just like this crazy person that you see, you know, on TV, how it's portrayed. Right. And, and so they're really aware of it. They're aware of, you know, statistically speaking, they have a higher chance of getting it. Um, my youngest the other day actually just asked me the other day, like, do I have bipolar? She's 12. And I'm like, no, I was like, not yet. I mean, and she's just like, oh, like, you know, but but hopefully if they yeah yeah it's like but hopefully if they end up uh getting you know it, it comes out later i hope that i'm able to show them through how i'm living like you can live a fulfilling life it can be managed like there's going to be times where you know it, it takes us there's times it happens but it can be managed and like, you know, you can, I'm married and happily married 17 years, you know, with my, my husband, these, we can live a life just like anybody else. Oh, absolutely. And I think that, you know, we get a bad reputation because, um, 
because of how we are presented in the news or in entertainment, um, I think it's getting a lot better now. Um, oh yeah, like portrayals of people with mood disorders. Um, I also think that. Um, Oh my God, what was I saying? Uh, where was I going? How <laughs> me? <laughs> oh, how it's getting portrayed better at least now with with media. Oh yeah, um, but uh, I think that you know keeping um, keeping the stories of of success, like our success stories, alive, and like I would like to center yeah. them in the narrative as opposed to you know kind of a lot of what I see online, which is always about, you know, it's always uh, negatively portrayed. Yep. Yep. It's all, it, and that's how I feel. And that's why part of, uh, you know, I, I wrote a book and have that getting ready to publish it. And a big part of that book was because it is about a woman with bipolar and it's fiction but it's you know a lot of it's influenced by my own experiences but i want people to see um kind of the inner workings in our brains what's going on they only see an outside image they're not seeing what we're thinking what we're fighting 24 7 and it's like, I want to bring light to these things so that people see like, one, we can be successful, but two, this is what we're fighting every single day. It's a, it's an internal struggle. And just cause you don't see it on the outside doesn't mean it's not real or it's not, you know, we're, we're out here fighting it. Yeah. I don't think that uh, people realize how much resilience or how resilient uh, people with uh, mood disorders, you know, and ADHD are, I guess ADHD yeah. is a mood disorder, um, also a learning uh, difficulty or difference, um, not difficulty, difference. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, and even with ADHD, the, the way it's portrayed is like you, the images on TV is like, you know, you see someone bouncing around or doing all these things and it's like, no, that's not necessarily what it looks I mean, it can be hyper fixating on things. It can be, you know, issues with textures. It's it's so much more than just like, oh, I can't sit still. Like, right. it's like, oh, I have a million thoughts pinging off the side of my brain. And now you want me to, you know, work or do something right. <laughs> it's like how, you know, how did you how did you manage um, school elementary through high school? It was rough. Like I've always been a, a talker. The other thing that was always, uh, I remember being called an airhead a lot. It was always like, oh, you're, you know, you're in the clouds or you're in the, the whatever. And looking back at it, like I actually take it as a compliment. And I think it's because even if that's not how it was intended, it, because I feel like artistic people are like that just naturally. They're in the clouds. Or, you know, they're, they're thinking a lot, but with school, I felt like I got punished a lot more than anything for, you know, you're talking, I, I would get kicked out of classes mm -hmm. for talking. And I remember like, I would like cry and stuff, even in middle school, like sitting outside the classroom because I'd be so embarrassed because there was never any ill intention behind it. But so here I am getting punished 
And it was like, I didn't understand like, well, why? But like, I, I, I just, you know, I had something to say. It's almost like I, I didn't catch on then, you know, being an adult really kicks your ass. So it teaches you real quick, like society, what they're, they don't care how sad you are about it, you know? So I had to figure out a lot really quick and into working, having jobs was like real reality check for me. And, and the same thing, I'd like, sh- I shrink back, like even with stuff I know how to do, mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, I don't want to say it. I don't want to, you know, but yeah, school was rough for me academically. Socially, I was great. Like I could talk to anybody still. I'm like, every, I think everyone's my friend. Like I don't know a stranger, but and so that wasn't hard, but academically, ooh, I struggled. Yeah, I I think I had a point nine on my first uh, report card from uh, in ninth grade. I had so yeah. many absences, so many tardies. Like I left that school in May, so I had my transcript, and I was just like, "Oh my god," you know. And <laughs> I would like, I really missed that much school. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, I also, but when I would get admonished or you know sent to out of class or to, I would kind of be like rebellious about it. I'd be like, yeah, I don't care. You know, send me. Out of class. <laughs> you know, I'm not paying attention anyway. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> so it was almost for me kind of like, you know, I was very defiant. Um, yeah. I probably had oppositional defiance disorder. <laughs> I was just like, whatever people wanted me to do, I'm doing the exact opposite. Yeah. See, and I didn't start that until I was like an adult. When I got older, it was like, because, you know, I got big into like thinking of statistics. So like my my biological parents didn't graduate high school. They didn't, they were pregnant young. They never got married, all these things. And so when I was younger, I was a lot more timid about doing anything against the grain. But as I got older, I was like, you know, I got pregnant right out of high school. So I immediately was like, oh my God, I can't be like, I can't be the statistics, you know, I can't do this. And so I was big on defying that, like, nope. So even though I was pregnant during when the economy crashed, everything, uh, my husband, he joined the military. I went to college. We did. I just, I wasn't about to be another like statistic, like, oh, she didn't make nothing of herself. And it was like, no, I'm going to do something with my life. Yeah, I don't know very many people with ADHD who who aren't successful in their own ways. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's why I'm saying like I feel like that we have to be resilient and we have to I think we challenge ourselves more. Um I think we think far differently than people without ADHD. We're far more creative. Oh, yeah. Um I don't want to say far more creative, but creativity is a huge trait um and um so is you know intellectual abilities and um you know empathy and there are you know so i'd like to i like to focus on um what is um what's positive about it and i feel like even in schools today they still sort of don't teach to children how they learn, you know, especially with kids with, I mean, I don't know. I've been out of the school system for a long time, but um, 
just from, you know, anecdotal um, evidence or stories, um, I it's 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 changed, but kids still aren't being taught like in a way that keeps it interesting for them as an individual. No, I, I totally agree with this. I feel like that's another thing that hurt me was that I learned differently and it was like, Oh, well, if you're not with like the rest of it, then you get forgotten. And it's like, I'm, I just learned differently. So then when I was in college, I think that's another reason I excelled was now I didn't have, you know, it, you're dealing with, you're an adult, they're an adult, like just get your, your stuff done. Mm-hmm. And I found it a lot easier for just the whole process of going to college was so much easier for me than elementary school, even having bipolar, even having, you know, all, it was just way easier. The, the mood swings did not help. But yeah, I mean, it, it, I was able to be way more successful. Oh, yeah. I, f- I really feel like um, after uh, receiving my diagnosis, I received my diagnosis in my um, third year. So my junior year at UCLA. And um, so that's when I got ADHD at 34 and um or the diagnosis at 34 and um yeah it i already wanted to do well because it, i didn't feel like i was doing for, doing it for anybody but me do you know what yes. i mean like in high school i felt like i'm doing this for you i'm not gonna do it like to me it doesn't make a difference because whatever i do in life i'm not gonna use any of this shit. and i never have yeah you know yep um so i have a whole bunch of you know facts in my head that are basically meaningless you know they're only jeopardy (laughs) yeah so it's like how how has your experience been with that or even through your your own children's schooling oh with their uh wait where did i leave off before (laughs) (laughs) this is what i love about (laughs) it's like anyone want a raw look at what it looks like with people with ADHD trying to carry a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like all over the place. And I took my meds. Um, I know I made it. I know I took mine too. I was like, I've got to take my medication today, but it's funny if I want to be really creative, like I won't take my medication. That's how I can rebel too from that. You know, if you, if I don't take it, then it's like, I really get into writing. I'll really get into some stuff, but medication does really help me stay on track. Otherwise, I will start writing three different books at once. Like I'm like, oh, but I have this idea. Or I have this idea, and it's like, no, come back, come back to it. Yeah, I, I can't. I have to take my ADHD because of how much um, it disturbs my mood. Um, so I have to take my meds. Um, you know, every day. But, um, and that's still, I still hyper-focus. I still, it's just, you know, I guess slower. Um, my, yeah, aren't as coming at me as quickly, like ideas and, you know, uh, life changes. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> like just be able to file it away. Exactly. Well, and that's, I mean, I guess that's a, a good thing, a good thing to bring up 
is is the medication part. As I think it's more becoming more acceptable. I don't know with with all these disorders, you also have like the tabooness of medication, right? Like taking medication, and it's so weird to me because. I, you know, I even have this, especially, you know, I've had people say to me, have you tried natural? Have you tried this? Have you tried, I, I've tried all the goddamn things. Like right. I don't well, I don't want to have to take medication. I, I forget all the time. Like it's something. And I think until you either meet someone and watch them have a literal, you know, psychosis or, or a mental breakdown when you see that or experience it, I think is when you go, okay, like, yeah, eating dandelions was great, but uh, that did not stop me from entering a whole different dimension in my brain. So uh, medication is like the way to go. And for me, at least, I I have to be medicated 100% with the bipolar. I can't do it without it. I tried for many years and then couldn't figure out why I was losing my shit every once in a while, you know, like deep depression uh, and, and ADHD medication. It's the same thing. I mean, I forget, but yeah. the bipolar, my bipolar medication, I mean, I've got timers, I've got calendars, like I can't, that's not one I can get away with forgetting. Yeah. My, me too. Uh, like, no, I need that night or nightly, but um how some people can manage without without the use of medication yeah and i'm i'm not one of them i know there's things that can help i feel like the medication work better so like one thing for me is is exercise and i hate to do it i don't do it for weight loss i like to eat shit like these are things but i do notice a huge difference if i'm regularly exercising i I feel like it helps the medication mm -hmm. because I'm not dealing with, you know, any of the deep depression at all at that point, but everyone has something different. I just, I hate that there's such like a bad, you know, like thing around taking pharmaceuticals and don't get me wrong. Like I, I, I'm not a fan of big pharma. Like I hate insurance companies, the whole, the whole thing's a racket, but at the end of the day, like it's, it's keeping a lot of us alive. Right. So it's like, lesser of the two evils totally agreed. that means i gotta take it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's kind of like um you know i don't know i just it just it just baffles me that the that their stigma is still attached to something that's very beneficial to um you know a group a large sum of people large yeah like a large i didn't realize how big the community was until i started the um doing an instagram page which i had originally started actually to promote my book and then i just kind of started like oh let's talk about bipolar and let's talk about because it's something i know so i'm like i could do this and when i started to realize how many other people are out there doing the same thing trying to advocate trying to it was like awesome i finally felt like wow i found my people like people that understand and and it made me feel like if there's a sense of normal 
because I hate that word because I don't even know that I'd want to be normal if there's a such thing. But like, you know, it made me feel like I belonged finally. Like, okay, so, oh, I and I'm learning stuff constantly, especially about bipolar. And it makes you realize how little it like people actually know about it. And so that's another thing I always push to people is educate yourself on your disorder because you can't educate other people if you don't know yourself, like what's going on. Yeah. And I, I feel like you have no way of understanding what, um, why you behave the way you behave. And, you know, uh, it also, I think helps you not just figure out how, who you kind of are as a person, but it allows you to like harness the benefits. If you see the benefits and you um, are able to find stability, you know, which I just found a few months ago, um, it kind of helps you. It helps to train your brain. I mean, it's a training of your brain to, to find stability or to help find, you know, the drugs obviously help out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you know, you, you have to retrain yourself to retrain your brain. Yeah. And I don't know. I agree. Yeah. I don't think that, um, I don't think you can do that because I couldn't do that until I found out what, what was going on with me, you know, what my diagnoses were, what they meant, what, what was included with the package, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here's your package of all the issues you have. And and that's the other thing to, to really drive home is like people, it's important to learn like, and, and I'm not a fan of the word, but it's a good word to describe it is like kind of what triggers an episode with bipolar, mm-hmm. you know, things that, um, I know for me, like there's certain things I've got to avoid so that I don't go manic. And so that's any extreme mood, which sucks sometimes. This is what people understand too about bipolar. It's like you hear the stories about mania or hypomania and on TV, it shows this like wild and free and having all this fun. And it's like, for me, this ain't fun because one, I know what comes after, which is deep depression. and and two, like I'm someone where when I'm get hypomanic, like I'm hyper fixating on things and everything pisses me off. Yeah. Sounds like interruptions. I just can't function. And it's something as small as a, a, an accomplishment that can make me go like, you know, be into hypomania. And it's like, now you have to restrict yourself from extreme happiness so that you don't like get into a cycle that then leads you into depression. Right. And it's like stuff like that. I think that I wish more people understood, like we're constantly fighting a battle oh, to yeah. keep ourselves stable. And that's on top of medication. Like, right. Hey, I got to avoid this because you know, you don't want to lose me for three months in my room. And, you know, stuff like that. It's like, it, it gets rough. Oh, no. I I totally agree with you. Ma- uh, mania um, does have its benefits. But. Yes, it does. <laughs> it's not a freaking party, you know. Um, yeah. Very hard to deal with. It's very hard for others around you to deal with. 
Um, and I don't really have a trigger that like stress might make me manic. Um, mm -hmm. and that is a real fear. Cause I, of course I don't want the depression that follows. Um, yeah. but as I've said on the podcast several times, like I take antidepressants so that I am manic, um, just yeah. a little bit. <laughs> You yeah. Know, um, hey, a little bit's good. <laughs> yeah. And it really, it really helps me. It really like helps with my motivation. It helps with my thinking. It, it helps me accomplish a lot of things throughout the day. You know, all these things that are beneficial to me. Um, yeah. I don't know of very many people who, um, or I haven't heard of very many people who uh, experience the same thing. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the other thing is like, there's no one size fits all. Like, it's kind of like the medication. You have all these different medications and you hear, you know, the different stories about them. And I remember for years being scared to do, to take anything that had the label of an antipsychotic, because that just sounds bad. It's like, what, what do you mean? I'm not psychotic, you know? So I actually still hate that like name for it, but I was finally able to find one. I had been on so many and there were some that stabilized me too well. Like it was like, I was never happy, but I was never sad. I was just right. like, and it is, it's like finding what fits for the person too, because I, I'm an extrovert. I like, I like all the things. Some of those medications were taking that all away. Yeah. And it was like, I was like getting more depressed, even though I was supposed to not be. Because it was like, well, now I can't even be myself. So it's like this balancing act. That's why people are newly diagnosed. One of the things I tell them is like, I know it's hard, but just like, don't give up on on your medication journey because it's going to take time. Like we've all been through it. And, you know, I've been on so many different ones and I'm just now getting to the point where I'm like, oh, wow, found one that works. And it's like, you want to tell everyone like it works, it works. Yeah. Yeah, I um, I was lucky. In, well, I spent ten years on Abilify and didn't realize how blah I was until I started taking Latuda and Lamotrigine. Uh, um, wow. And um, I take like the highest dose that is available. Um, so it does. It has kept me like very stable, but also like still it may if i feel more alive i feel more like i did when i was a teenager than um than i did for the 10 years that i was on um abilify oh yeah well and that's another thing is like how you brought up stable like i feel like we're all that's what we're all striving for when you're like bipolar is like just keeping stability and and I know for me, this is the longest I've been stable. So I've been stable for a close to a year now. And that's, I mean, I've never, yeah, it's been, it's been a big deal. And I noticed it's almost like there's like PTSD in there. Like I've never been officially diagnosed, but after my, my uh, mental breakdown, if I even start to get a little depression starts like creeping up, I get so scared because it's like, 
it hit me last time so I I didn't see it coming now like looking back it's like oh my gosh there were so many signs that it was coming and that it was there but now I'm I'm always watching for signs and so that I think is a downfall of of that is like just being so scared like please don't happen again because when you get into that mindset, it's like you're someone takes over. We're like on straight autopilot. Right. Like no, we're not running the show anymore. And it's like I hate getting to that point. I do too. It's um I sort of feel though like I try to put because maybe because I because I am stable, I try like bipolar disorder is sort of in the background for me. Like I feel like yeah. if I worry about it too much then, you know, I just get caught in that fear loop, you know, where I'm constantly like every little emotion I'm thinking, Oh, am I hypomanic or, Oh, am I getting, you know, am I going to end up on the couch for three years? It's like, I can't, (laughs) I can't keep thinking about it. Do you know what I mean? So I try to forget about it until I feel like it affects me. And then I'm like, okay, I need to address this because this is going on and blah, 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 blah. But, um, I, um, it's it's sort of taking a back seat, which is you know funny that it's a bipolar black girl podcast. <laughs> you know, um, it's sort of taking a back seat to like ADHD. Yeah, well, and well, and I don't know how you know with your family or like people that are close to you having the support system. I feel like helps take that pressure off too of the worry because I get worried, but like my best friend is there's times she will pick up on things before me Mm. and it's so helpful i mean she has saved my life like literally by this especially you know like catching it like hey you know and she does it in such a subtle way that it there's never been a time where i've ever felt like oh she's you know watching me or whatever it's just such like a nice like hey how you feeling and I'm like, oh, I'm fine after I just like drop 9 million words on her in under a minute. You know, like, <laughs> I'm fine. What are you talking about? What are you mania? Like, that's not me. <laughs> yeah. No, I get, so, I get upset. I'm like, oh, I'm not acting crazy. What are you talking? They're like, um, <laughs> here's video. <proof."> yes. <laughs> yeah. That, well, and, and that's what happens with her too is like, especially if I feel like I'm getting depressed. Or if I don't notice it and she notices it and that I'll be like, I, I don't understand what you're talking about. Like, I know I haven't answered the phone in a while, but you know, no, that's not normal for me. So it's like, no, what's going on? What, right. you know, stuff like that. And I'm so grateful for a support group. That's another thing I would tell people that are new to any diagnosis, find you your people that are going to like help you genuinely because they care because it is a lot to put on to someone too absolutely like i i feel like it's it's stressful for them like they love us they care about us they don't want to see us in these like extreme episodes and so finding someone that genuinely loves you and cares what's going on i feel like if you can find it it is super beneficial i i 100 percent agree with you um Yes. Having someone who is, um, who is close to you, who can kind of sense your vibes and will check in with you and see how you're doing, um, you know, mentally, 
you know, yeah. very, it's very beneficial to um, you and to the relationship. Yeah. Oh because, yeah. Because you know that you can go to her when you feel it coming on and she, you know, hasn't caught on to it or you, you haven't spoken to her in a while, you know, and I'm sure that she's an understanding ear. Oh yeah. Yeah. It makes it so much easier. And it, again, it makes you kind of go at ease because then you're like, okay, I can back off a little bit from stressing because if I don't catch it, like she's going to catch it. Right. And, and it's, it's nice. Like, I know it's a lot to put on to someone, but man, am I grateful for her. That's dope. I'm so happy that you have that relationship with your friend. Um, I think that this is a good way to wrap up the episode. Um, I think we covered a lot of ground and I'm very grateful for you coming on. Um, we, is there anything that you want to hype like your book or website or anything? Yeah. If people want to follow me, um, on my Instagram, uh, that that's where I talk about a lot of the different things. I go over all the topics, bipolar, ADHD, being a writer, being a writer with bipolar, um, my book is called I Am Her, She Is Me, and that will be coming out hopefully early next year it's in the editing phases right now. And damn, I'm just excited I finished this book. Like having ADHD and then finishing something like that, I feel like I get should get a medal. <laughs> like I finished it, damn it. I feel like <laughs> yeah, you deserve a medal. Yes. Yeah, so I'm a I'm hopefully going to have that published and then pushing that, you know, next year, early next year. But I really appreciate you having me. Um, no problem. I'd love to have you back on after your book is released and um, we can hype it some more and, and talk about it a little bit. That'd be awesome. Awesome, Birdie. It was very nice speaking with you today. Yeah, you too.